God of all the living, in the resurrection of Christ Jesus, you have given us the life which even death cannot destroy. Remember your unshakable promise and strengthen us to live in this world as your new creation. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in union with the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the following passage from the second book of Maccabees, we hear the story of a Jewish woman and her seven sons who bravely faced death rather than breaking God's commands. They had the courage and hope that come from believing that God would raise them to unending life. A reading from the second book of Maccabees. It happened that seven brothers and their mother were arrested and were being compelled by King Antiochus, Antiochus under torture with whips and thongs to partake of unlawful swine's flesh. One of the brothers, speaking for all, said, What do you intend to ask and learn from us? For we are ready to die rather than transgress the laws of our ancestors. After the first brother had died, they brought forward the second for their sport. And when he was at his last breath, he said to the king, You accursed wretch, you dismiss us from this present life, but the king of the universe will raise us up to an everlasting renewal of life because we have died for his laws. After him, the third was the victim of their sport. When it was demanded, he quickly put out his tongue and courageously stretched forth his hands and said nobly, I got these from heaven, and because of God's laws, I disdained them, and from God, I hope to get them back again. As a result, the king himself and those with him were astonished at the young man's spirit, for he regarded his sufferings as nothing. After the third brother, too, had died, they maltreated and tortured the fourth in the same way. When he was near death, he said to his torturers, One cannot but choose to die at the hands of humans and to cherish the hope God gives of being raised by him. But for you, there will be no resurrection to life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In today's passage from St. Paul's second letter to the Christian community at Thessalonica, he assures the community that he is praying for them and that the Lord will always guard them from the evil one. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, 
May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. Brothers and sisters, pray for us so that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be glorified everywhere, just as it is among you, and that we may be rescued from wicked and evil people. For not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, that you are doing, and you will go on doing, the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. Listen to this reading. It comes from the Gospel according to Luke. Some Sadducees, they're the ones who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, The man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second. And then the third married her. And so in the same way all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. Rabbi, in in the resurrection then, uh, whose wife will that woman be? For the seven had married her. And Jesus said to them, The children of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are the sons and daughters of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That proves that our God is a God not of the dead, but of the living. For to our God, all are alive. 
The Gospel of the Lord. We had a busy day here yesterday. Our annual parish fall festival took took place, and it was really a nice, nice festival. The folks who the folks who uh, organized it did a great job. It was really a neat thing. I even won something in the raffle. I did. I won a walking stick. It's kind of like God's way of saying, dude, you are getting old. <laughs> the other thing that was going on yesterday was the, uh, the kids who were preparing to celebrate First Reconciliation had their retreat yesterday. And that's always a neat experience. I remember when I was preparing for First Reconciliation, we called it First Confession in those days, you remember. So when they taught us that we had reached the age of reason. Do you remember the age of reason? Any, any of you? Seven. Age of reason? Seven. Seven, excellent. Seven years old. And what the age of reason did, it it made us, it was the age in which we could know right from wrong. It was the age where we became responsible for the consequences of our actions. The age of reason was the age in which we were obligated to go to mass every week and obligated to go to confession every two or three weeks or so. There's a story about a little boy reached the age of reason and his five-year-old sister was really impressed with what she heard about the age of reason, the responsibilities and, and, and the demands. And she said, on his birthday, she said, happy birthday, Matt. Now you can go to hell. <laughs> The gospel reading today I find difficult and interesting. It's about the afterlife. It's, it's about the hereafter. And then there's that old joke about the, the woman who's really upset with her elderly husband. He walks into the living room, living room and he forgets what he's hereafter. Well, that's not the story. But what's it going to be like? We Catholic Christians believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. What exactly does that look like? What will that experience be? Do you ever think about it? Lately, I've been thinking a lot about that life everlasting. I think about the centuries of people who have professed faith in Jesus and professed faith that Jesus conquers death for us and, and leads us to hope of eternal life. I know the church teaches we believe in the resurrection of the body. It's not going to get crowded. I think about that. How will we all fit in? Uh, yesterday at Minute Prayer, I mentioned that, and one of the guys said, well, the universe is so huge. We don't even know how big the universe is. 
the afterlife is bigger than the universe. Well, that made me think. There'll be room for everybody. The story of the Sadducees, the Sadducees were conservative types. The Sadducees believed only what could be proven in the scriptures. You know anybody like that? Sadducee types, very, very conservative. The test that they throw at Jesus, if, if uh, a woman marries seven brothers, the whole thing was that the Sadducees believed that you can only experience life as we know it here. And the only way to live eternally is to have kids. You live on in your kids. And that's what they're trying to trap Jesus with. You can just imagine the, the Pharisee that asked, the Sadducee that asked the question and the other Sadducees behind him doing high fives. Way to go, you got him. Uh, no, they didn't have him. He points out, Jesus teaches us that the life after death, it's different. It's different from the life we know here on earth. In his paraphrase of the Bible, uh, Jerome Peterson, uh, the paraphrase is called the message, Jerome Peterson uses the phrase, in the afterlife, God is our intimacy and our ecstasy. I think that's beautiful. In the afterlife, God will be our intimacy and our ecstasy. Intimacy. We long not to be alone. We long to be connected and in communion with others. We long to be one. And what Jesus is saying that is in the afterlife, we are one with God. Imagine that. What would that be like? The paraphrase says that, Jesus says that life in the afterlife is God is our in intimacy and our ecstasy. <clears throat> ecstasy is, is joy. Ecstasy is joy beyond imagining. Ecstasy is... Ecstasy is awe and great beauty. Jesus is telling us in the paraphrase that in the afterlife, God is our intimacy and our ecstasy, our joy beyond amazing. So we come here for Eucharist. We come here to share in the body and blood of Christ. Our coming here and sharing in the Eucharist is a foretaste of the intimacy and ecstasy we will know in the afterlife with God. That's what we hear in the word today. That's what we celebrate in the Eucharist. Thanks for listening to this week's service. To stay up to date on the latest news involving our parish, 
please visit our website at goodshepherd-sc.org.